0: Hi, I'm Mark Geary, and I am the arbiter of all that is humorous. You're listening to You Think That's Funny, the podcast. You can interpret that statement as a question or a declarative statement. Please go to YouThinkThat'sFunnyPodcast.com to look at the links appertaining to this week's episode. On this week's show, we've got Stephanie Weber. She's a writer and now published author whose debut novel, Nothing Nice to Say, was just released on Weasel Press. She has written for Reductress, Slate, and National Lampoon, and she is also accomplished performer, which leads us into this week's disclosure that Stephanie is a former Lincoln Lodge cast member, and I find about 70% of the things that she finds funny to be funny myself. Hello, Stephanie.
1: Hello, hello listeners. How's everyone doing today? <laughs> and by everyone I mean you, Mark Geary.
0: Oh, you know me. I'm a bundle of positivity <laughs> as you Yeah, you really
1: are. I know. <laughs> Based I know. on the, the the kind of aggressive title of this podcast, I can, I know that yeah. you are I... um very positive right now.
0: No, I I think I think it's a good thing to leave to the listener, right? You think that's funny, accusatory, or you it think is... that's funny? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess you can hear it either way. I guess, like, that's a glass half-full, half-empty situation. And what? I'm I'm choosing half-empty by choosing the accusatory tone.
0: Yeah, you see... So you think
1: that's funny?
0: You think... You and I would connect on that. We would just stare at someone and go, you think <laughs> that's funny. Um, so, yeah. anywho, um, let's talk about what you think is funny. And we're going to start with item number one, um, which is... Over-the-top explosions in movies. Explain yourself, Stephanie Weber.
1: I mean, what is there to say? Is there nothing sillier and goofier than a giant fireball coming out of a small... The smallest of the biggest explosions? I just love this stuff. I So I know that you know about Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, and that's something yeah. that I love so hard. And I think that I was instantly sold the first time I saw it in the intro cuz there were so many explosions. Yeah. There's like, everything explodes left and right and I it just it just makes me laugh really hard. There's this movie called Pumpkin that is a very strange satire with some now questionable just, stuff in it. I've but, seen it.
0: I've seen it because you've I seen worked it? <laughs> I worked with the lady who was the casting director for it so I sought the movie out.
1: Christina Ricci, yeah. So yeah. she <laughs> yeah, she cast I, it. I actually really like that movie and I did rewatch it kind of recently like maybe like a year or two ago and I was like yeah okay so it is a little questionable but I still think it is watchable but there's that scene where the the like leading hunk I'll call him um drives his car off a cliff and the explosion that comes like that's the that was the point where I was like this movie is definitely a comedy that we're not supposed to take seriously because the explosion is so over the top and big and that that sells me on that movie. That's where I'm like, that's a comedy because that explosion doesn't match what happened there. Um, th- thoughts, feelings. Is
0: it? Is it, I mean, is that? Is that? Are you laughing at the like ridiculousness of some dude director going? Yeah, that makes sense. That 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 <laughs> sates my testosterone. Or is it just like the yeah. goofy stupidity of it?
1: I I don't know. I think it is. It is like there's something in there that it is supposed to be masculine, right? Yeah. And I, I hope that the people that are putting these giant explosions in these things are poking fun at, you know, mm-hmm. action movie and high, high-octane high explosions like Transformers or something, which mm-hmm. those movies, like, I, they, I don't retain them at all. Like, I don't follow action movies. Like, they come in and out of my brain for the most part. So... Maybe the explosion is the one thing that I am connecting to that. And you know, I'm talking right now and I'm realizing maybe none of this is supposed to be funny. and I am making fun of the idea of people exploding. I don't know. well,
0: I mean that that's, I don't know it's called you Come think that's me. funny. you think I think that's it's funny. funny. oh i think it's funny so do i actually i mean this this is one of the 70 percent the one that sticks out to me is predator there's a nuclear explosion at the end and he just flies off in a helicopter like wasn't that nuclear i thought i saw a mushroom cloud in predator right
1: (laughs) yeah so that's funny it's like that's supposed to be there i just saw this movie underwater with Kristen stewart it is so bad. It's so horrible. I know, um, former Lincoln lodge favorite TJ Miller is in it. Um, and I hate, I hate to say this, but, um, he is very bad in it everyone's bad in it it's a bad movie but at the very end the very end of the movie i don't you know hey sorry oh my god i'm spoiling it come at me cancel me but she's like staring out and there's, there's this underwater space station or under whatever the fuck it doesn't make sense and she's like staring at like a cthulhu creature coming at her the more i'm saying this the less it makes sense but that's the film and she has this monologue where she's just like i don't know man sometimes you just have to blow shit up and then that's the end of the movie. The end of the movie is Kristen Stewart saying that, I think, seriously. And then everything blows up.
0: Maybe it was a metaphor for her career and life. I don't know. Maybe she's sneaking it <laughs> in mean, she, there.
1: She's a good actress. But I feel like only when she she's one of those people where, like, persona gets in the way, yeah. I think. Because her persona is just, like, eternally sexual yeah. and but, like, cool, and, like, yeah. I actually don't
0: even care, I, you know? I, you remember when she got busted for infidelity a few years ago and then K- Kumail uh, and- made this comment. <laughs> he said, "He said Kristen Stewart even makes infidelity seem boring, which I, like, I, <laughs> I remember that comment. <laughs> it's a goodie.
1: <laughs> I remember Donald Trump in particular before he was president was very upset over her infidelity in yeah. a way that was, like, Yo, yeah. dude, you can just say you like Twilight. Like, it's yeah. just... <laughs> I'm sorry, Bella and Edward are not actually together. I'm sorry.
0: Huh? huh. And what about uh, the 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 twin to the explosions? Wow, I didn't think we'd get stuck on the expl. I thought this was, explosions would be the quickie, the the thing. Here's the, the thing, cross. you know, you,
1: you you just gotta interrupt me and tell me to shut the fuck up. No, no, I am just What about I'll the keep
0: the? what goes with the explosion now and i feel like hollywood finally acknowledged this is the cool the cool slow motion walk with the explosion in the background like i feel like that's now done to the point it's like yeah we've all seen it taken the piss out of now
1: i think we're done with it i think in general slow motion is garish
0: yeah, but yes, they're using no, it on. We all agree. No, they they're using it on like reality programs now, like trying to make a chef yeah. look like a gangster. Like you know the the tr- the tracking shot where the camera goes by and they they uh, cross their arms and look at it like, I'm a yeah. hard ass chef. It's you know? the slow
1: motion. <laughs> yeah. It will. Okay. So when I famously, as I did just previously, name drop myself, did a. Oh no, I did this before the. I did that before the podcast started. I was on a true crime show over the summer and they made me do like what they said, what, they called them profile shots, but they were mm-hmm. those shots where it, it, I think it's like slow motion introducing you. And mm-hmm. thankfully like they they didn't use them, but it was embarrassing. It felt so, I felt so self-conscious filming them. Cause they were, they just had me like look over my shoulder <laughs> and then slowly look to the camera.
0: Like and then look C- down
1: and slowly look
0: up. Like in CSI, something like, "Look at me." And yeah, and I'll it is like you. the thing
1: where you said they're they're using them in like reality shows or you know a true crime documentary, and it's like this is, this has no place. Stop yeah. it. We're not. I'm not a badass. No one's a badass here. That chef, that's I don't know, pickling <laughs> that onion isn't a badass. Like, well, I guess he is because he's with knives all the time. But
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna park uh, explosions. It was just a good one that because I thought, you know what, that's not no. something that a lot of people picking out. Um, the next I one, also, I
1: don't think that people would think I thought it was funny, but that's hmm. I'm I contain multitudes. <laughs>
0: so, actually, Stephanie, in as the disclosure, I imagine you watching most movies going, that's not funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have ruined comedy for my boyfriend which i know is the case for anyone who dates someone who doesn't do comedy like (laughs) or or sometimes now we'll watch something and he'll go okay who in here do you know you know (laughs) it's, it's so you ruin it in either direction
0: okay good all right let's go to the next one then um you can do a little bit explaining of this one uh background actors
1: If you don't think of background actors the goofiest job in the world, then you you can see yourself out, is how I how I take this. I am obsessed with watching background actors in movies because inevitably you will find one that either looks at the camera or is doing action that is so so fake. Like, um, drinking an empty glass or even just like miming something that isn't there that I'm like, how did, so no one caught this and and now it's in like, what's that? What was it? Atomic Blonde was a movie that I, there was some bar scene that I was obsessed with watching this background actor talk to nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Like the shot starts and you're like, okay, they're talking to someone off screen. And then it, it panned backwards and there was nobody there and they just that that's all just in there that's yeah. in there everyone can watch it
0: have you have you seen sally forever yet
1: i i you know i watched the first episode of it yeah there's should this... i keep going
0: oh man <laughs> it, it if you're talking about gross out it amps it to the next level julia davis is one of my favorite comedic actors and i just, so i've watched everything she's in but there's a scene where she's meant to be a background actor that just is incredible. <laughs> she totally screws the whole thing up in it. Um, She's like trying to tell the director how the background actor would behave <laughs> and stuff. So I think you'd enjoy that. You can't get it. It's like British TV uh, channels are absolutely... It was on... Go on, carry on. It was on HBO, I think,
1: because I saw the first episode of, of that, but it didn't continue.
0: Oh, I, I, um... I pulled it off of Prime, but Sally Forever, there's a scene there which is like everything you're talking about incidentally you kind of you've kind of ruined me now because i start looking at them like yesterday i watched you're welcome yesterday uh, i rewatched much ado about nothing which has like a million stars in it right from the 90s oh yeah it does and um i was <laughs> i wasn't even like because it's all annoying shakespearean talk you kind of zone out in bits like okay can't understand what okay F that's really I mean.
1: disrespectful to your culture <laughs>
0: not my culture Set in italy and um (laughs) and i was watching uh there was like richard bryers was giving a speech but i was watching brian blessed and imelda staunton who were like either side of him to because it was this long boring (laughs) shakespearean speech (laughs) and you could almost see like you know like imelda staunton and brian blessed are like you know massive actors and you you could see it was a challenge for them to be like okay what the hell would i be doing while this boring bastard is droning shakespeare on you know what i mean
1: it's it's hard enough for the actors with lines to figure out something to do while they're delivering lines so to have background actors do anything i've also i have definitely been a background actor a couple times and pretty much was cut out of everything because i'm very (laughs) short I'm very short so there, there have been like I was in an episode of easy as a background actor not as a real person and I was like at a table with all these huge men so you can't you can't see me at all but I, I honestly was like whatever I got paid it's it's fine it's it's almost it's almost better that I'm not visibly in it because <laughs> now nobody knows where I was in that scene okay there you go. and I was pretending to talk to very huge men who that. were telling me that they were real actors and comedians?
0: Oh yeah, I bet. That... I was
1: like, sure, sure, we all are. Sure. Is, yeah. is it like, is it
0: when you are an extra? Is it like extras the Ricky Gervais show?
1: Yeah, everyone is trying to make it. Yeah. I, I've done it twice, uh, I think, only in my memory. And there was one time where this guy was like taking pictures with all of us backstage, and I mean, he was yeah. an extra, but he was taking pictures of all of us. We've never met him in our lives. And he kept posting them on Facebook and being like, actors on our grind, actors <laughs> hustling. And, we're like, and he got asked to leave because he was doing too much. And he wouldn't yeah. follow the direction which was to just walk just in stand the out. background yeah. across an office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and he was yeah. asked to leave. OK. Yeah.
0: All right, let's move on to the next one then. Um, wow, wait. this is this is all business. This one. Um, so oh, all got... business, come <laughs> on. So uh, you can explain this one out a little bit because this one did throw me through a little bit of a loop. Uh, cartoon skeletons. Yeah. Dish. Ish. Dish. Wait,
1: um, they are funny. Okay, everyone remembers the merry melodies from Disney, right, with the skeletons dancing. I spent so much time trying to learn and recreate that dance once Um, just for fun. I just think, I think cartoon skeletons, they make me laugh so hard. Cause for some reason, there's a lot of old school skeleton cartoons from like Disney and all these different little animated. Mm. um I don't really know studios. I don't know what you want to call them people that cartoon and they're so silly. They're playing xylophone on their bones. It's, it's just like pure joy, but it's got spookiness and I just, it's everything. It just like, sings to the child in me who watched uh nightmare for christmas every single day you know it just like sings to me in a way but why why i I
0: mean i I did a lot of research the science (laughs) i try to do some science right um because it's important science is important right Uh, well in certain parts of america it is important thank
1: you um, not so, my science here's,
0: here's what i found on kids cartoons kids cartoons yeah. this was from i think it was from vice.com so this is just for the bros okay, listening real. just for the bros listening um kids <laughs> cartoons can be a support treatment because they incorporate themes like community order friendship family teamwork <laughs> And that the theme that good <laughs> always wins yeah. over evil and the sun will come out tomorrow. That's what Dr. Laurel Steinberg, a New York-based psychotherapist, said. They can help restore optimism mm. and give someone a break from worrying, blah, blah, blah. I think we, we could all guess at that. But uh, my, in, my point of interest specifically to your thing is why the skeleton part of cartoons? Why not, like, cats getting whacked in the head with a frying pan and then their head goes frying pan shape the skeleton that's hack
1: that's yeah. hack oh. You want, you want, you're going to show, oh you're gonna show me a couple of animals hitting each other on the head bopping each other wearing yeah. pants no shirts no thank yeah. you i want to see a naked ass skeleton and they're working together that's community when the skeletons <laughs> are dancing together the skeletons are playing in a skeleton jam band yeah how funny is that they take out their own ribs and they start playing and they, they make guitars and stuff. Like it's the high art. So it's the funny.
0: high art that's pulling you in. Yeah. Well, okay. I
1: also just, I love, I love Halloween. I always have loved Halloween. So I think like, I think there's just like a very, it just, it, it's something that still, if, if you put on a little black and white skeleton cartoon, I'm, I'm going to be enraptured. Like, that's why hmm. I put that down there. So I was like, it still makes me laugh. It still makes me smile. Hmm. The little skeleton's having a good ass time in the graveyard. How fun is
0: that? Okay. I was a
1: very lonely child. Should I say that too? <laughs> Should I add that part?
0: <laughs> I don't know about that.
1: Graveyards
0: are very fun. Okay. the fun in the graveyard. The merriment is in the death.
1: Yes, there you
0: okay. go. All right, so here there let's you get, go, you know. Let's get to the one we really connected on. The one mm-hmm. we really connected on. So you said the audition sketch from Mister Show, or anything that makes fun of theatre in general. Can I just say before, yeah. because I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut up and let you go on this one, Mister Show. I'll, just, I'll just go up, Mister Show to me, was the first American sketch show where I thought, and the last, interestingly enough, where I thought, wow, Wow. Americans understand sketch now. They finally get it. And I feel like Mr. Show is just buried. It's like it should be up there front and center as this was the apex of American sketch shows. And it's even the hip kids anymore barely mention it. So anyway, that's my Mr. Show comment. But theater, Mm -hmm. why do we want to lampoon it?
1: I think because we spent because it's so serious. I mean, I think about that. Like, I do still. I love theater. I'll I'll definitely still go to a play, um, even though they're stupid and bad. But I, I think that just all all of them.
0: Ninety percent of them are stupid and bad. Or
1: (laughs) no, that was a little. That was what what one might call taking the piss. What I just said. Okay, that's um. I, of, of course, there's a lot of plays that are bad, but there's a lot of plays that are truly transcendent and I, I love them. But um, I'm also, you know, being paid to uh, write a play right now, so I can't say anything bad about theater ever. But I think that having said that though, like I, I think like if you spent any time acting, which a lot of, you know, people that do comedy did or, or you were involved in theater in some way, you're making fun of how seriously people took it. You know, like even being a child in, you know, in community theaters and stuff. I mean, it's community theater, but these like hack, uh, you know, theater directors who are actually like daytime dentists and now they're just like directing Bye Bye Birdie in a garage would make me feel like I'm going to be discovered if I don't say my one line right, you know, like that kind of thing. Like it's so serious. I have to go to every rehearsal and that's like the audition is so funny because that that actor, not only he takes it so seriously by saying, you know, can I use this chair? And when they, they answer him mm-hmm. seriously, he's mad at them. It's his monologue. It's his chance. But the way that the uh, people watching the audition react also, like what he's saying is poignant, is so funny. He's saying nothing. He's saying <laughs> nothing. And isn't that the point? Isn't that the point?
0: You know? <laughs> so waiting for And Godfrey. I think we're making, yeah. Waiting for. I Godfrey think a lot of us, big. too,
1: Yes. And I like, but I think that's it. Like we're making fun of, um, cause a lot of this, this stuff that does make fun of theater, it's making fun of the people in charge, you know, it's kind of making fun of like the, the needy actor, but it's mostly making fun of like the drama teacher, the, the people holding the audition, you know, the, the choreographer who's taking it very seriously and like it, a lot, And, you know, in almost all those cases that we see those characters, you know, thinking of Waiting for Guffman, something like that, it's like, that guy is not successful, but he's successful to that small group of people that it's kind of like a cult, like he's made them believe he's the guru, right? And so they right. do. And that is so, so real. Like, we were told the girl, we, this woman that did our, our community theater would just verbally abuse us every day. But we were like, well, she's from New York. And I don't know if she was, she just had a slight accent and she was very old. And she told us that she met Van Affleck once. And that was enough.
0: <laughs> Did she wear a Laura Ashley dress and have a lot of scarves that she would appear in?
1: No, <laughs> she was a very small old woman with giant glasses. So it was very fun. I,
0: I feel like New yeah. York is, is riddled with small, angry old women with giant glasses. It's kind of their natural resource, right?
1: That's why we believed her. We're like, she looks the part. <laughs> and she would every day, I mean, we were teenagers and she would tell us how, like, we're never going to make it. Our wrists are fat. Just like any stupid thing where she's like, well, good luck out there. You don't know how to act. And then yeah. it's like, okay, well, I have to try harder. Okay.
0: I always like the yeah. opening speech from Fame. Do you remember that? Irene? Was it Irene Cara? No, she did the theme. Who, who does the opening... F- From fame where they go you want fame when well fame costs maybe you're too young for that right
1: i have seen fame but i was a child i was like 10
0: go back and Mm. look at the the opening to fame it's hilarious they're all there in like leotards and she's like you're gonna die trying this
1: (laughs) that is like that is the shit they would say to us i mean i remember like me and my cousin were in some Fiddler on the Roof production and we were background actors and we, we, we thought that we would have a little fun. So we were doing some goofs backstage and then my cousin was like, I'm going to, I'm going to leave and then like enter again and enter and pretend I'm a different character. Like we were fully just having fun in rehearsal, but she stopped the whole production and she stood up and said, well, now I have to teach you how to act. And then she had all of us teenagers sit down and she's like, who among you think of yourselves as actors? And she was like, good luck trying to make it in musical theater. Do you all think you're going to study theater? Do you think you're going to make it on Broadway? And we're in like suburban Chicago. And she's yeah. like, well, I, got, I have news for you. None of you can act. And we just took it like it was encouragement. Like that's mm-hmm. the shit that's so funny to me and I wonder if any of it's different now because I feel like people maybe are more cognizant of the idea of bullying a child but I don't mm. know if that's true <laughs> but the way and like she would just I remember like having to do costume fittings and she would throw dresses at girls and be like oh no this is a skinny girl's dress and and give it to, some, to a different girl and be like no you can't those hips you, you're not going to be able to wear this Get, like, here Danielle <laughs> this is for you <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> giving everyone an eating disorder <laughs> i know i was one of the skinny girls she said though so I, that was i felt really good in that moment
0: good there was there's a, there yeah, is a positive I, I that, there is a positive i think it's important
1: that. i don't want people to think i was you know just just constantly harangued you know i, I did yeah. have a moment of feeling good when i was given a skinny girl's dress
0: well talking about high school that brings us to the next one now you're gonna have to really explain the 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 illustrative point to this, which is, and I, the only reason I want to get to this one yeah. is because this is me. This is a uh, people that don't say a lot, show a lot of emotion who are put into a situation where they're forced to show that emotion. Yeah. Explain your anecdote. Cause I found it amusing.
1: <laughs> well, one of my like favorite, um, comedy shows is the cartoon home movies, and I think Coach McGurk, the character of the soccer coach, is is this character, is that person that, like, they never say a lot. And maybe it's a Midwestern dad thing, too, of just somebody that's, like, re- you can see them stifling emotion down. Mm-hmm. And the best example for this is what I told you. I had this high school gym teacher named Coach Zyke who never spoke. And he looked like the um, the South Park character of Satan where he's just all top heavy and then little yeah, legs yeah, and he wore right. shorts all the time. So he looked like that and he never spoke. And one day he got really excited because um, our school was huge. It was, it was absolutely huge. And so we had a pool, which is pretty cool and fancy, but it did mean that literally every day we swam. So I do hate that, but, uh, cause they had to use it. They paid for it. Mm. So one day he was like, we're going to play watermelon football. And this is the most emotion he's ever shown was truly just, telling us we're going to play it and it turns out what that is is rubbing a watermelon and vaseline and then throwing it into the pool and we had jim first period so we're, we're the first people he does this he was so excited and by excited i mean he's he's he sounds like this where he's like it's mm. gonna be great i'm gonna throw it in the pool and then you guys are all gonna catch it you know like that and so It instantly, of course, like someone tries to catch it, it slips out of their hands, instantly hits the side of the pool and cracks open. And so now there's watermelon, it just chunks in this pool and we have to get out of the pool. And he just like stared at it with his hands on his hips and went, I only brought two watermelons today. And (laughs) I think about that all the time because that's all he had to say. And then we were silent. We all got out of the pool. We sat on a bleacher and silently watched him with a net get all the watermelon out of the pool. And you, like, that's all he had to say. And I knew he was so sad. He was so disappointed. His internal monologue is like, why did I only bring two watermelon? Like, why didn't I think this was going to happen? I'm so pissed. I want to throw the other watermelon. But all he said was that. And that's beautiful. I love that. It's almost
0: like he was questioning his entire life. I never prepare. Yes. I'm stuck here in this Midwest high school. It's just all <laughs> was repressed so long that it came out in one volcano it came
1: out. And I feel like other teachers have like their their unit they're excited about. you know, you have your yeah. history teacher that's like, I love talking about the Middle Ages. Maybe I'll mm. dress up in a costume. you know, they get excited because their favorite thing. Yeah. And it felt like for this gym teacher who has to do the same thing every day, watermelon football was his one his one treat and it just didn't work out that makes me laugh really hard still
0: i love remembered i just that i as a as a someone intensely interested in comedy i love like recalling a certain look on someone's face or something and be like holy crap that was 30 years ago and that's how funny it was right
1: It was so impressionable. And it was also like those moments where, I mean, we were all in high school, but you know that, you know that that adult is a person, you -hmm. know, where we were all like, oh, wow, he's going through something. (laughs) (laughs) Like we all had to just, no one spoke. I mean, I also had a high school teacher who we were, it was my choir director and we were on like a field trip. And he said that he wanted to drive the bus for some, there was something where he's like, I'm going to drive the bus. I got this. I'm going to drive the bus. And we instantly got into an accident and he dealt with it and he was similar similar personality where he just like never spoke and he got on the on the bus and went "Uh, i did get into an accident i did the right thing and we don't have to talk about this again and we never did i don't think any of us told our parents that happened (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I like don't remember ever talking about it again with anybody I think I remembered this like this past year and I texted someone else that was there and was like do you remember when Mr. Boltman got into that bus accident sorry I just said it in a podcast but he did <laughs> <laughs> and he was like yeah I never told my parents like none of us ever spoke about it because we we like realized that wow this person they want to punch all of us but they they won't they're suppressing it so hard
0: <laughs> love it love it all right, um, so we're going to skip actually to the last one because I have rambled a little bit here, but I, I know this is one very close to your heart. Um, <laughs> so you've got some things to say. Here's where we get, this is our sixth episode and we're going to get cancelled shortly after when Stephanie tells us about the funny things she likes about Cubans.
1: I would first like to hear what you think is so funny about Cubans.
0: Me? I don't I'm think anything. I, I went to Cuba uh, a couple of years ago and I love the place, but then Europeans yeah. have been going there for a little bit, so yeah.
1: Yeah, I was mostly just trying to get to bait you into saying something um, offensive, but it didn't work out, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so I am, I am Cuban, I'm half Cuban, and
0: um is the German the... name.
1: I know, right? Oh. my dad is American so um okay although like I did one of those ancestry things and it doesn't say that I'm German isn't that crazy? Hmm. Anyway it says like fully Irish and Spanish and Moroccan descent but um, my okay so Cuban culture is very funny because Cubans are very brutally honest and they'll say the meanest thing to you but they'll say it like oh but you should know that. And that is also very funny. Like my grandparents, if, you know, you would see them. I, I They didn't live near me. So I would see them like a couple times a year. And especially when I was a teenager, I remember them saying, you know, they would come up to me and be like, oh, you have pimples all over your forehead. You know, like things like that, that are like, oh, hello. Oh, look, you gained weight. Hi. And then if you were <laughs> upset, they'd be like, well, you know, you know, you have pimples all over your face. Like you have a mirror. Um, and that's just like a fun, <laughs> their answer literally is like it's the truth it's true you know you know you know you're fat like oh i'm sorry your clothes are lying to you you know like they and they're right (laughs) you know it's like oh yeah i know i got older you know i know i know i look different but um it's just a beautiful part of culture that also feels like so mean on the outside but when you're in it you're just like this is just this is love you well, know it, <laughs> it,
0: love. it's kind of funny because i was looking at i do a little bit of scientific research on all the things that people mention and oh. and and where every time i googled like why are certain nationalities rude or whatever or, or what it kept coming back as honesty. The no no uh. it, it just it sort of kept pointing me back to well this is just honesty which really ties in with what you're saying like do you do
1: you think also as an although like you're anglo and i wonder if this is specifically an anglo thing but do are Americans honest at all?
0: Do you think Americans um, do this? So here's here's where I can get offensive. Yes. Thank you for opening oh, that door. Oh
1: go off, you offensive uh, king.
0: So my dad hated America and Americans and things, all okay, things now American. It makes sense. And which is kind of bizarro, but his reason for it was the dumbest thing. The first thing is, when he came here one time, he saw a guy exit McDonald's, take a bite out of a burger, and then throw the rest of it in a bin, which to an English person would be like <laughs> a sit like you just threw away edible food. You are a monster. So I get that one. I know I would be that as well. The one that he absolutely hated America for is, he (laughs) goes, why do Americans want to be liked? Which is like a bizarre. And he's like, they just want to be liked all the time. See, my dad, as much as he hated America and Americans, loved Australia. Like, we Mm -hmm. were going to emigrate there before I was born, but my mom effed it up, blah, 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 blah. Um, Because you guys weren't
1: criminals?
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We weren't, yeah, (laughs) we hadn't stolen anything. Um, Yeah. But but no, but the whole thing of liking Australians was because Aussies are like Cubans, right? They just don't give a... Like, I think Billy Connolly said, like, you meet an Australian... Then we like, g'day, Billy. Is that the wife? Nice tits. And um, and t- like <laughs> and then just be like, that's an Australian like greeting. And so I think your yeah, Cuban thing may just be like Americans are definitely raised to be like it's important to be liked. Whereas I think culturally, all I mean, it makes no sense, right? How can America be younger? It's we're all descended from the same like point in Africa or something according to genealogy, oh, just so. but um but
1: culturally, it's a younger. <laughs> nation i see i yeah. really
0: don't understand how it can be because it's all immigrants right and a, a very few natives left sadly but yeah. but no, like america has definitely developed a thing and maybe it's just the immigrant thing of like you got to be liked it's really important to be liked and i think older cultures yeah. older cultures are like my dad told me my entire life stop wanting people to like you and just do whatever the f you want right but with a social responsibility he wasn't like you know buy guns and deny science who cares (laughs) it it was more like a stop being wanting to be liked all the time so i i think it's not yeah i think it might be a little rough to say cubans are ruder but i I definitely uh think that there's an american thing
1: yeah and it's like, it's complicated, too, because I don't think like because Cubans are warm people like they're not yeah. they're not rude people, you know, like yeah. they will talk to you about anything. It's just that they they're just like, yeah, like you said, like the, the honesty to them isn't seen as being mean. Yeah. And that's like that's it's almost refreshing, you know, when I am around Cuban people like or even like I went to Cuba as well a couple years ago for the first time. And, um, talking to, talking to strangers, they would ask me if I was Spanish. Cause I was speaking Spanish and I would say, uh, no, I'm American. And then they'd be like, but how do you know Spanish then? And I'd say, well, my mom is Cuban. And then they'd go, oh, well, why do you speak it so badly actually? And so, <laughs> and that felt like that was very, um, that's like very indicative of the whole thing. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, well, oh, oh, for that, you're good. Okay. Well, for this, you're bad. If you're one of us, then you should be better. You know, like that felt very real. Cool. Yeah.
0: Alrighty. Well, that's the, that's the, what do we find funny list? So we're going to end, I've run over a little bit here, but let's, let's do this anyway. I'm, what the hell? Oh let's God. make it 35 I just, minutes.
1: I just love to be crazy like that. <laughs> and we're, we're breaking boundaries. We're bending the rules.
0: For an English person, honestly, going five minutes over is is almost.
1: Are sin. you sweating? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> like uh, every
0: pore of me is screaming. You've done this wrong, Gary. Um, but anyway. <laughs> so let's let's talk about another couple of things so the things that you find funny uh you're like i say like i said before you're sort of accomplished uh, artsy person with performance and and now authoring and all this other stuff so how have you give me a direct link between the things that you see and how you put it out there
1: wow um i i guess like i'm realizing too and a lot of what we talked about was like kind of mundane or or making fun of um people being put in situations that are uncomfortable or you know like trying to regulate their emotions Hmm. and I think that that does come through in a lot of um what I find funny and then the kind of things that I find are interesting you know and like my writing are a lot of times like it can, it can be accused of being about nothing um, because yeah. <laughs> it just is kind of about characters doing things.
0: Yeah. So you, you're like, you like to put the characters in, um, in yeah. situations where they're forced to react, even though they don't want to. It, is that? Yeah. It? And yeah.
1: and like start when I started comedy too, it was all an improv and sketch. And a lot of the character work was just that, you know, it was someone being put in a situation. they, um, weren't emotionally ready for, or something like that. Mm. Um, wow, I kind of sound so smart. <laughs> oh you are smart. Someone, someone should give me walk a walk away describe. with
0: that. You are smart. Yeah, um, I know. Wow. So I sent you a a relentless torrent of of things that I thought, hmm, Stephanie will find these funny. So I'm interested because you know we have to get it back to me here. Um, Absolutely. Uh, the things that I sent you and. As a listener, you can go get these again at youthinkthat'sfunnypodcast.com. So one of the things that I found hilarious, there was a, a sketch show called Fast Show. And they used to do this thing. As a British tourist, you would go abroad to Spain normally. Mm. And, and you the TV would be on in the bar. And you'd be sitting there. It's kind of like, um, what was the American what was the Mexican thing that am- Americans always found hilarious? Like Sabador Gigante. Sabero,
1: oh, Sabador Gigante. Yeah,
0: and everyone yeah. looked. You couldn't not turn away from that. Like, what the hell is why is he dressed as as a zebra? Like, what what the hell? He and we would see these We would see these when ah. we were on holiday and the Channel 9 the fast show had this character called Mickey Disco who was is- <laughs>
1: this like that was funny
0: yeah yeah um <laughs> did you find the fast show funny or was it offensive because so, some yeah, people no.
1: Mm. well that is that is interesting because when it when i started playing or i played the um christmas one first which um the mickey disco was more like immediately i could tell what was happening but the the other one it reminded me of um that lost comedic art of what is, is it it's not gibberish it is shoot i'm I'm being a terrible comedy scholar because I'm forgetting what this is called. Um, but it was it was a thing like they did at Second City a lot, where you you speak in gibberish like it's a different language, mm. and it does it does feel like you can't really do that no more. Mm. Um, so it was like, oh wow, this is a full sketch in that. And it, I was kind of wondering when it was made or if I guess like a sensitivity toward different language is different abroad, you know. Mm. Um, and obviously like, I don't know much about European TV other than what Eurovision clips have shown me, um, which is like tacky Eastern Europeans. But, um, (laughs) I did, I did think like, is this Italy or Spain that they're lampooning? It's, it is. Okay.
0: It's Spain. Yeah. Spain slash Italy. Yeah, for sure.
1: I have to do, I have to do Spanish sex scenes a lot at work. Um, and I got to tell you from what I can see, Spanish TV has gotten a lot better. Hmm. so i just want everyone out there to know that netflix has changed the game in Spain. apparently
0: oh, let's do just do a couple more then before we wrap up so what about um the one that I was sort of interested in was upstart crow which is a david mitchell thing it was Upstart crow is oh, that
1: the love lauren loon oh yes. yeah yeah okay, shakespeare I see
0: you now. mm-hmm
1: yeah that was um that, that had me laughing that had okay. me laughing about well i almost thought they could have gone harder which might be a difference in sketch approaches because i because i thought the game of the scene was going to be him saying um yeah when, when shakespeare was like i oh he's saying where is she or or no yeah. what is, she's saying why is she named Rosalind? Yeah. and the other guy said uh no he's asking where is she and i'm like oh my god that'd be really funny but they didn't keep going with it yeah do you so do also i would say like shakespeare being like the the guy in well, english plays or whatever do is is he made fun of constantly in english comedy
0: yeah i mean there's a there's a whole thing i'll put the link there philomena Kunk. are you into philomena Kunk yet no okay what? Uh, it's a Charlie Brooker thing, and um, she is an interviewer slash documentarian. That is, I'll, I'll send you the links. Philomena Conk was for me the best comedy of the last two years. I mean, by far. Um, and she does a whole program on Shakespeare, which you, I'll, I'll put the Uh-oh. link there. Anyway, we will we will have to um, wrap up now. I think so. Let, let's just whiz through them. Give me yes and no's, right? Give me yes and okay. no. French and oh, it was Saunders. Called
1: double talk, that gibberish. Okay, go ahead. Oh, double talk. Double talk. Mm-hmm.
0: French and Saunders, the Broadway audition clip.
1: Loved it. Loved okay. it.
0: Uh, Fry and Laurie, how to be a comedian.
1: Absolutely loved it. And okay. I have seen so many things like it since, and I, it still made me laugh very hard. Okay
0: good all righty so i did manage to read the room a, bit, a little bit like, Yay! yeah <laughs> all righty um well i think at this point uh we are gonna wrap up um okay. and let's talk quickly not quickly let's talk in a in a thorough manner actually about your book that just came out
1: oh yes it's my first novel which i originally wrote as a screenplay and then realized that i didn't um Have any connections to the film industry and i thought what a fun experiment this is basically an outline for a book let me just translate it and so i did and it was it takes place in the chicago stand-up comedy scene but of course it was um this book was actually written like four years ago so things that are mentioned or places that are mentioned are probably not even there anymore but um the Lincoln Lodge is mentioned as a place where someone can try out new material and, and be a good comedian, so that's fun. But yeah, it's just a it's a comedian who's kind of at the end of the rope um, with their career and they were in a relationship with a comedian who is now very famous. And so they're dealing with their own bitterness and trying to figure out like how to get past that and how to get beyond that. Oh. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right, it's sitting on my desk right now. I only just got the, bo- <laughs> the box this week. So, um, bad host that yeah. I am. I didn't get to it yet, but it's, it's And I there. will
1: just say really quickly, I'm not gonna say who, but because pe- people have asked me like, is this me, is this based on me, whatever. It is The germ of the idea is honestly based on an idea, a, a story that a friend of a friend told me when I was did, my, did improv. Her friend dated someone who is now super famous, like mm. voice of a generation famous and he broke up with her and that week his like di- his breakthrough tv show was un- was airing or something like that and his face was in every subway. This is in New York City and that image always stuck with me of that thing of like someone dumps you and then the next day their face is literally on every, every you can't take the train without seeing that person and also having a reminder of like their life is about to be so much different and you're not a part of it at all. Um and she told me this guy had like a lot of material about her mom and stuff and I and was like pointing and this guy is very famous so when she was pointing it out I was like oh my god that's about your mom oh my god mm-hmm. um so that is actually the German idea I don't want anyone to <laughs> because mm-hmm. people have been like oh this character is you or whatever it's like eh, it's kind of a basis of like five different people that I've known and you know in comedy but that was where the idea kind of took place because I like couldn't I, I couldn't get that experience out of my head and I heard that story like 10 years ago now okay so well, that girl can't tell her story now because I'm telling it but
0: <laughs> so I'm pulling to a technical point what's the fastest way to get the book
1: the fastest way I mean it is available on Amazon um, or you can go to weasel press which is the publishers website and get it okay. um, and then in Chicago, it's available at a couple of places. But it's a very, very, very small press. So they don't have like a ton of distribution. So you're not gonna find it at like a borders right now. But okay. my next one is gonna be bigger.
0: Always going bigger. All righty. Well, that was mm-hmm. um this week's show with Stephanie Weber. Thank you very much, Stephanie.
1: Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for being had. Uh, my name's Mark <laughs> Geary. You can go to You Think That's Funny Podcast to get all the links of the stuff we talked about. And here we go with the outro. Q jangly guitars and whatever we put on the end of it. Thank you very much.